What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 112 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And making his return to the pod, the fitness champion, Mr. Chewy Plays. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Glad to have you back. Uh, these last couple weeks, we have, of course, been just stuffed to the brim with good Nintendo news, good video game news abound. Uh, this week, little, little softer, little softer. So I'm glad Chewie's here. We're going to keep our Ring Fit February conversation going in the main topic. But before that, we've got... We've got plenty to, to chomp at the bit on, right? We've got uh, <clears throat> a couple questions from the mail pot. CD Projekt Red had a, a pretty significant hack this week. Uh, more bad news for them. Uh, we've got some fun Zelda stuff to chew on. And of course, Super Mario Brothers 3D World plus Bowser's Fury is out this week. We will be chatting about it. But before that... Let me tell you guys where you can find us all across the web. Of course, we are the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we get together and talk about everything going on in the world of Nintendo, gaming, what we're playing this week. We answer your questions. It's a good time. You know, and in February, we talk about getting healthy uh, because, you know, it's 2021. It's uh, it's already been a rough year. You know, if there's anything that we can do, I think it's we can help make each other a little bit healthier, a little bit happier. Uh, and that's what this show's all about. So if you want to be a part of this show, remember, give us a like on your platform of choice. Share it with the friends you got if you think that they'll enjoy what we're doing. If you want to write in and be a part of the show, just like all the fine folks in our Mail Pot segment did, you can hit me up at Pete at LewPots.com. You can go get us at LewPots on Twitter, where every week we throw up a weekly question thread uh, where you can get your questions answered there. Or you can come join our Discord. We've got an always growing community of Pots heads just like you. We're getting together, talking about games, helping each other find next-gen consoles, all kinds of good stuff. Um, so if you want to go head over there, we've got a podcast channel. You can get your questions read. You can talk to us. You can know when we're going to go live on Twitch, all kinds of good stuff. Best way to keep up with us. Uh, speaking of Twitch, every Thursday, Steve and I have been going live over on twitch.tv slash Last week, we had uh, two streams. Um, we've been playing Steve's first ever playthrough of Ocarina of Time, which we'll talk a little bit about, about a little bit more later. Uh, on Thursday, and then on Friday night, we actually did uh, a fun little two-parter where we went and did a guest spot over on our friend Sierra Plus Ultra's stream, and then we kind of came and raided over to ours. We were playing some uh, Super Mario Brothers 3D World. It was a great time. Archives are up on both of those channels still if you want to go check it out. Um, but it's a great time. Come be a part of it. Come hang out for our next stream. We're there every Thursday night. We'd love to come uh, hear from you. Come, uh, come say hi in the chat. Last but not least, if you want to get a little bit more loot pots in your RSS every week and you want to go above and beyond to show your support, you can head over to patreon.com slash loot where for just a buck, you can get access to After Dark, where we keep the mics rolling for another hour or so. We chat about uh, what else is going on in our lives that doesn't relate to the world of video games, uh, where this week we'll be talking about our Valentine's plans. So if you want to hear uh, what we did on Valentine's Day or, you know, check out the 70 plus hours of uh, content that you'll get for just a buck, um, I think it's well worth well, well worth your time and money, and it helps us out quite a bit. Um, so head over there if you can. If not, go support us in any of those other ways that I said. And we appreciate them all equally. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump into what we've been playing this week. I think safe to say we've all been playing Super Mario Brothers 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. We have all put in uh, varying amounts of time into the game so far. Um, here on Sunday, it's been out for you know, two days, so... Um, we've each gotten to put some amount of time into it. So let's let's start there um, because I think that's the thing on everybody's mind, right? How good is this game? Was it worth the hype? 
Are the additions significant? How are we feeling about it? Chewy, you're a guest. Why don't you start? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I haven't played the 3D world part of it yet. I've only played Bowser's Fury and I've already... Good, I've done the inverse of that, so we can cover <laughs> each other's bases. Awesome. Yeah, so I've already... It, it's pretty short. I've rolled credits. Um, where oh, I wow, am okay. is already, I'd say, halfway to 100% completion to, to beat that. So, um, yeah. I mean, I had a really good time playing it yesterday. I, I turned it on yesterday for the first time, and it, it's... Definitely got a different feel and vibe than like the 3D World portion because I did play 3D World on Wii U. So it's definitely more of the open world concept. Still some places where you're kind of locked in very... um, So it's not like a really huge map at all, but it does have some pretty cool things going on that I think they're probably testing out for whatever the next Mario is beyond Odyssey, Mm -hmm. you know? I, I've heard this rumor, uh, or not a rumor, sorry, um, a theory. I think it was originally Imran Khan uh, from Fanbyte, formerly of uh, Kind of Funny and Game Informer, who threw this out, where he was like, I wonder if they're using the Bowser's Fury to like test that mechanic for Breath of the Wild 2, or like some other, you know, like game where there's going to be these like big boss fights that are like <laughs> part portions of, you know, like a dungeon or, you know, some kind of like smaller but still, you know, more intricate map. Yeah, and it, it feels very Mario to me, not not Zelda like. And I really love that this is so different to any other Mario game that's come before. There's no overworld like any other 3D Mario or even 2D Mario. Uh, it's all you can walk from one island straight to another, and then you're you're doing like a totally different mechanic. You know, you go from like the initial original island onto one where there's like a bunch of moving pl- platforms, and you have to try and get the enemies down into the lava. Uh, and there's like a bunch of smaller shrines that you have to pick up along with the big ones to kind of collect them. I, I really like it. I think it's really cool. Um, it's not quite a full 3D sandbox Mario. Like the the double and triple jump isn't there. You've still got the dash from the 2D Mario and 3D world. So the, the movement mechanics still feel the same. But you do have a full kind of um, a full camera that you can move around in in any angle rather than in 3D world where you're locked to like three positions, isometric one way or isometric right. the other way or straight on, which I really which I really appreciate as well. Um, the only thing I will say is I was a little bit surprised that this game is locked to 30 frames a second in handheld um, as opposed to 60 when it's docked which is a big difference. It's the first Mario game on Switch that's locked at 30 on handheld and is different between handheld and docked. And I think that's because a lot of the effects really seem to push the hardware, like the rain that's coming down when Bowser's like in his fury. Uh, and I think, for me, it's a sign that Nintendo's reaching the point where they really do need to move to a newer, more powerful Switch model. And hopefully games like this will get 60 frames a second in handheld, we'll get like a locked 30 frames a second in Breath of the Wild, which is something I've also noticed while I've been playing this week. It feels like we're we're ready for the next kind of iteration of, of the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. Um and we've we've talked about how, you know, Breath of the Wild was a launch title on Switch and it was already pushing the limits of of what the Switch could do um in certain areas. So like 
the idea that a Breath of the Wild 2 might need that, you know, that little extra under the hood or something like that, I think makes a ton of sense. Um, so with the with the Mario thing, I think it's interesting. I wonder if it's a draw distance issue since it is like, you know, a small open world that you can like see the entire thing and be able to go from end to end. Like that does, you know, create some some computing problems, especially if there are like a lot of world effects that are also going on that are not static or that are static and you need to show the rain from far away but also it's there when you know what i mean like i could i wonder if that's what influenced yeah quite possibly um digital foundry did a good breakdown of it and it's got like you know dynamic resolution scaling as you would expect uh but the game still looks fantastic and even 3d world i think we both agreed when we were streaming it that it looks incredible for a game that's eight years old at this point it's really, really that was i think the, the thing that time. was the craziest because yeah i remember you were somebody made a comment in the chat, I think that it was like, oh, this game's really pretty. And you were like, yeah, I can't believe it's like five years old. And I was like, didn't it come out in 2014? Yeah. <laughs> and it was 13. So it's like, this game is old. It's really old. And it, it's surprising how well it does hold up visually. And I think it speaks to the fact, um, and this is not new for Nintendo, right? But that like having a style ages so much better than just trying to be the thing that's pushing the envelope at the time because that will always which is so interesting to me because you remember when it was that like um demonstration of like the next generation zelda i think it was from the n64 to the gamecube and then we got wind waker or it may have been Uh, and people were mad and people were crazy about it they were like what the hell this is nothing like what you showed us because they were going for something totally stylistic but if you go back to games of that era Wind Waker still holds up today, but like games that were aiming for realism on the PS2 just they look don't. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I love stylized things, and that's kind of like the big thing that helps with like all the games that have been coming over for Nintendo is just like they're all pretty, you know, cutesy, cartoony types of stuff. But I don't know. I look at older games that are very realistic, and I just get that even today, I still get like the. This is a bit uncanny, like it's not quite there mm-hmm. yet, and I don't know if it'll ever be quite there yet. So I'm I'm getting to that point where I think of it like, oh, this realistic kind of look is it's an art style, so maybe it ages a little bit better in my mind now <laughs> because of that. But yeah, like the stuff like Wind Waker, it still looks good. Um this Mario game, it looked great throughout. Like at no point was I bothered by anything while i watched the world kind of come together so it's cool yeah i've I've been having a really good time with it um i've mentioned on the pod in the past that like i I never got around to playing the original despite having a lot of interest in it um when it came out on wii u it was 2013 was when i was in college and it was like probably the most poor i've ever been in my entire life (laughs) where i was just like scraping by like getting video games was something I had to like think about and save up for. And, yeah. It's like, like, do you eat stuff or in? Do you play a game? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it would literally be like, I really want this video game. Am I cool eating nothing but like one Taco Bell taco and ramen for a week? Yeah, probably. So this was one of those games where I think it came out around the, around the same time as another game I wanted. And it was like a value judgment. And that one I thought I was going to get more time out of. So made the call. 
Um, so that the whole thing is totally new experience to me, um, which is super exciting that I basically just have two Mario games that are brand new that I get to, to, you know, jump into and enjoy. Um, so I haven't touched Bowser's Fury yet, but like we played up to world what four? Yeah. I think we just completed world four and it was like a good place to finish. Yeah. The ice world on the stream. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So say we got to about, you know, world five, I guess, um, and and we had a ton of fun uh, with that. I mean, it was the two of us and Sierra and then AJ uh, from Fanatics 4. And, um, you know, I think there's like an argument to be made that there's kind of like two right, quote unquote, ways to play these games. And I think it's either alone and like actually taking it seriously or it's like playing with a group of people and having it just be like high chaos, like let's try and survive together. Um, so obviously the four of us doing that was a little bit more... The second side of that coin, um, but I I was glad we did that because, A, I mean, I think it's a ton of fun. The game is a blast to play with other people, and I think it does a good job of, and a better job than some of the older, like, new Super Mario Brothers games that also use the same kind of mechanic of, you can play with four people. So, when, I felt, when you I was play, just going to say, I felt like oh, yeah, less okay. limited by the skill gap in players like, the worst player is not affecting the best player that much, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And you know why I think that is? Is that cat suit. That cat suit gives you so much power. The ability just... Because yeah. if you suck at jumping and aiming to jump on top of an enemy, traditionally you would just get hit by them and you would lose your power up and ultimately you would end up dying. Whereas with the cat suit, the fact that you can scratch them and you can like run up walls if you are not very good at platforming, you can potentially run up walls and get to where you need to anyway it really opens it up to a lot more people and it's a lot more accessible because of that cat suit and the fact that you can also save power-ups, which is something that I've not played in a, another Mario game. It may have been there, but the That's fact that you can thing, like yeah. save uh, like uh, another cat suit or a fire uh, power-up or whatever so that if you do lose your cat suit, you can just use it again, but that scales across everyone in the group. So say you were playing with like a kid who wasn't particularly very great, you could give them essentially the power up that you'd collected and they could then use that and, and carry on where they left off. Yeah. So Chewie, you were you were trying to get a word in there? What was what was Yeah, your I wanted to ask you. So when you're playing like the online multiplayer, is it only like the host who retains the progress? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's it uses bad. the host save file and you can create a room essentially, and then we joined the room. And I will say I've now got to the same point essentially where we played up to Pete, because I played a little bit before we streamed. Uh and it's unbelievable how bad the online multiplayer netcode must be in this game because it was so laggy in places. Like I could not believe how bad it was in places. Like it, it got to the point where we were like moving like a, what three frames a second on that shadow one. And we were like all lagging, like going down that, that corridor. It was horrendous. It was, it was funny because it wasn't, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was not as bad as I was maybe expecting because I think that one of the things that's interesting about like playing online in Nintendo games, like when it when it is spotty like that, is how I'm I'm used to bad online experiences being more binary usually, right? Where it's like it's so bad that you can't, it just doesn't work, 
right? Like you're not connecting with the server, you're timing out, like you're getting like uh, the kind of lag where you'll be like, you know, like um, I've talked about how I play League of Legends a lot, so I'm more familiar with that lag than any other online game, right? So it would be like I would put in a command and my character sits there and then they rubber band to where I wanted them to go and like you're doing (laughs) an attack but the enemy is not there anymore. Like it wasn't that kind of stuff. It would just be that the frames would slow or it would just straight up pause. It would be so slow that we'd just be sitting there like, uh, (laughs) and then it would stop and then it would start again, you know? And it it was, it happened like what, maybe four or five times to the point where it was like, we had to stop because it was so bad, but it was um, like pause, put the controllers down. No one touch it. Wait for the game to catch up. Then when we're like, when the enemies are moving again. And that's the other thing it, it does is it pauses essentially the whole game. So it's not like you're just stood still and everything around you is still happening. Like the platforms will stop moving. The enemies will stop moving. Yeah. So you don't ever feel like you're at a disadvantage and like a Goomba's coming towards you and you can't do anything. It it freezes everything. The game just like seizes yeah. up. <laughs> Which like, I think is how Smash Bros works. Like if you have someone with a bad connection on Smash Bros, it will essentially freeze both of you. It frees everything that's going on in the game rather than just like that one person's freezing and is at a disadvantage so you can just boot them off (laughs) yeah so i mean like it's it's not great it's not a great online experience but i think it's like it's serviceable and the fact that we were playing with four people three of three of which were in within like an hour hour and a half's distance of each other like geographically and then steve who was on a different server across the ocean it's like it could it could have been worse, you yeah. know. Unfortunately, um, I think Miyamoto made a comment about like Super Mario Maker Two, where he was like, "The online's great," and so nothing was ever going to get done about it. Yeah. So I mean, now last week, you know, we talked about the new servers coming in. So hopefully that does something. But fingers crossed. But I mean, like you know, you're still going to be held back by whatever internet connection everybody has too. So yeah, because that was the yeah. thing when Sierra recreated the room, it came up like flashing yellow at the bottom of her screen, like saying that her connection was unstable. And I think yeah. it was probably because she was like hosting and also streaming everything at the same time, which probably wasn't a good combination for anyone's <laughs> internet connection. Because when we switched over to the Lootbox channel and she was hosting, but Pete was doing the streaming to Twitch. It seemed a lot smoother to me, and maybe that's just like me imagining things or being hopeful that it was getting better. Getting used to it at that point. <laughs> yeah, because when you play the single player or even local multiplayer, it feels so smooth, and it, it's oh, like yeah. you forget how good Mario platforming can be compared <laughs> to any other platformer. And maybe like Astro, uh, Astro's playroom is is probably possibly on par with the level of like physics and and like maneuverability that you get in a Mario game at this point. But when you play it online, it feels totally like off. Something just didn't feel right to me. It was like worse too because you are playing with four people, and so it's yeah. like chaotic as fuck. So it would be like I know what I need to do, but like the game's a little slow, and like the camera's getting moved on me, and there's other people who can push me off by accident. Like I, I absolutely got teammates killed on 
accident like four yeah. times. I accidentally kept be, picking I accidentally people up. The bubble and you dropped your fucking death. Like. Yeah. Or like I kept picking people up and like throwing them by mistake. And AJ was like, "Get away from me! Just don't come near me." <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. But do you know, remember, uh, one mechanic I really like is the scoring at the end and how like you can feel like you've contributed something even when you haven't and then they give you a crown for the next level and everyone <laughs> like you lose the crown and everyone's scrambling to go get the crown. It's such as it's so ridiculous when you're playing a multiplayer that Pete's hundred percent right. It feels so different. Like I've gone back and I've like trying to complete every level, get all the stars. Yeah, I'm a hundred percenting every level as I yeah, do it now. So on. like I'm only on like the second or thir- third world now. Um, so I'm quite a bit behind where we were, but like we were just skipping everything that was optional. You yeah, know? we didn't do any of the Bowser statues until AJ joined and was like, "Oh yeah, those are those are like additional things." Those are levels, and a lot of those are touch levels. So I found those are easier playing in handheld, which I guess would have been the levels that you would have played with the uh, the gamepad. Wii gamepad at the time. But everyone can play those, unlike on the Wii, where only one person, on the Wii U, only one person had the gamepad, so only one person could do the touch stuff. Because you have the pointer with the gyroscope, like they introduced in Captain Toad, everyone can do the touch at the same time when you're playing in multiplayer. So I'm so glad we didn't do that level in on the stream, because it would have been horrendous. Like, us all trying (laughs) with the laggy online multiplayer to do touch at the same time, and just, like, touching blocks to show up, and it would have been a mess. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I I think this game is really, really fun. It's it's special, you know? And I think the fact that, like, it is effectively two complete experiences that are very different on top of the fact that if you do have people to play, play it with online um, or at home, uh, that kind of makes it its own experience, too. You know, there's I think there's a lot that you can get out of this, you know? Um, however you want to play. So I'm I'm really excited to give it some more time. Like I I really didn't get to spend as much time with it as I had hoped before um today because uh I did my Valentine's um celebration last night. So it was like I was doing podcasts all morning and then like afternoon was getting dinner, going and picking stuff up and then it was just like by the time I was like in bed and I was like, "Oh, I've got some time to play Mario." I was like, "I'm exhausted." So <laughs> Did, did you ever um, get your physical copy of this? Because I know you said you had to buy a digital version because games I sure did over again. So, yeah, so here's what happened. Uh, so I, um, as regular listeners will know, I'm very much looking forward to Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, here in the States, um, they were doing a pre-order bonus with GameStop where you get this really, really, really nice uh, Joker enamel pin. And anybody who knows me knows I'm a sucker for a good enamel pin. Uh, so I figured, all right, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll pre-order from GameStop and, you know, if it's like a day or two late, it's whatever, right? Like that's not the end of the world. Um, and it said on their website that it's like, oh no, yeah, we'll have delivery by launch day. No problem. Um, so the night before, so Thursday night, I get an email from GameStop at like midnight where it's like, oh, your package is shipped. We'll keep, we'll keep you updated. Uh, the ETA is next Thursday. Oh my God. And I was like, what next morning i'm like all right let me check and see like maybe it moved along it says it's in tennessee and it's now next friday so it's a week removed uh that i'm supposed to get it now are you you gonna like send it back but still get to keep the enamel badge so the pin is for strikers so i'm definitely gonna get that and keep it 
Um, but I'm going to do the same thing with strikers, I think, where if they're going to send it to me a week late, I'm going to keep the pin and just return the game yeah. um, and be like, yeah, fuck you. You told me it was going to show up. And I, I um, for 3D World, I just hit up uh, Mike from my band and was like, hey, did you want this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was going to get it. And I was like, oh, well, oh, that's cool. You, At least yeah, you swap yeah, my copy. I yeah. got uh, mine came and I got a surprise like steel book with it, which I was really happy with. Oh, nice! Which That's was, like, a really good nice. steel book. I saw um, people. Yeah, the back's like the Bowser's Fury one, which That's is cool. really cool. That's cool. Um, it's still sealed. I will probably never unseal this or use this because I don't use my cases. I take the games out of the case. I put these on the shelf. And I I keep my games in my Switch case, and I have like one sure. that little hoary plastic case for the carts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never use these, so this will stay sealed. And at some point, I may end up giving it away in like a year's time when I realize, yeah, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> Give it to me. Have you both <laughs> done the My Nintendo Mario missions? I no, did a bunch I of them, and then the the first set of pins uh, was sold out, and I was like, son of. Yeah, well, I hear if you didn't do like any of the like old missions that have expired, I think you had to do at least like two or three right now to get the second set. If you haven't done two or three already, like you're you can't get them at at that (sighs) point. Like you have to do, I think, 15 missions total. One of them has to be buying Bowser Bowser's Fury or Mario 3D World. And so... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I've done, I did a bunch of the old ones. I did all of these. So now I'm just like, I better get these pins because I did manage to get the first set, but I'm hoping I can get the second set too. I was so bummed that I missed out on the first one. I was like very close and I was just like, oh no. The first one was chaotic. Like everybody was just trying to load the website essentially to get through. (laughs) Yeah. I so just I've pulled just, this up. I've, I really want this pin set. Yeah, I've just loaded up the website, My Nintendo Missions, and there's a nice big warning at the top that says, sorry, missions aren't available in your region, which is probably why I knew nothing about this, because they haven't told me anything oh, about no. it, because they don't exist in the UK, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think I have a friend in Canada who couldn't get them, even though like the missions are available because it's like North America. But they literally tell them, like, we can't send these to Canada. <laughs> it's it's a bummer. Oh, man, they're making me do the 2FA. I forgot about this. I love these <laughs> badges, though. Like, the, the Flood and the the Cat Mario. These ones are the Odyssey one with Cappy. Yeah, I, I kind of like these better than the 2D ones. Because the first ones are all, like, the 2D kind of badges. Um, mm. These ones are the 3D Mario ones. And they didn't Did you have, have more like of a the, relationship with the 3D Marios to the 2D Marios? Um, I mean, I've played both quite a bit. I, I'd probably say I have more of an affinity with the 2D. Like, I, I tend to enjoy them a lot more consistently than the 3D. Um, yeah. I'll probably talk about that when I talk about Galaxy a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say the look look-wise, I think the pins look better for the 3D. Well, how did, uh, how did you like, get on with Galaxy then? Like, uh, are you did you play that straight after Bowser's Fury, or were you playing that before? Because I think so you spoke trying, about it a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to pick it up again. I wanted to give it a fair shot because the first time I tried it on the Wii, I just did not connect with it. Like, I couldn't get through the intro, basically. Um, 
and so I finished up Sunshine in 64 and I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm a little Mario'd out and I don't want to go in to Galaxy with that kind of feeling going. Yeah. So I was like, I want to give it a fair shot because a lot of people say they really like these games. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a go. So both the times I've kind of picked it up recently, I've had little things really bother me <laughs> about it. Um, one, I feel like the movement in Galaxy is pretty sluggish. I'm trying to get a little past it and thinking like, oh, you know, it's in space. It's kind of a low gravity thing. I'll I'll give it a pass yeah. for that. Um, the the touchscreen thing in handheld is kind of annoying. The I much prefer the gyro. In, That's the TV. only way I can play it. I tried playing it handheld and trying to hold that and touch where you're like trying to hold the switch at the same time. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it, I think handheld is not the way that I'm going to play it for sure. Because I tried again last night and then there's some like motion control stuff and Jackie turns around and gives me a dirty look. And she's like, why are you shaking the bed? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> fine, I'm going to play Paper Mario. That doesn't have any anything strange because I turned it all off in that. Like I I wish there were more options to turn that stuff off and on in handheld for Galaxy. So, yeah, thus far, I think most of my problems have been like playing in handheld mode. So I'm going to switch over to TV mode when I try again. Um, but I, that I've, should help. I've made it past the intro. I, I feel like I'm doing better in that sense. Yeah. And now I'm just like, all right. I don't want to have to make annoying movements and motions in bed while playing this game. So I think it's just going to be a daytime that's game fair. for me. I'd yeah, love to know how, how you feel about, because you mentioned that this game feels sluggish. I'd love to know when you play Mario 3D World on Switch, the difference in the speed, because then they changed Mario's speed in 3D mm -hmm. World on the Switch compared to the Wii U, and how that feels to you, whether yeah. that feels like it's better or whether it feels like you've kind of made the, the point of the dash a little bit useless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something I've been interested in too, just because like I played the first one. I played it only single player the first time around on the Wii U. And so mm. for me, I was like, I think this experience was okay. I think it could definitely be more fun in multiplayer. And yes, everything's really slow. So I think after, you know, you go through seven worlds or so for the game, I forget how many are in it. By then I'm like, okay, I'm used to it. So I think I'll get to that point with Galaxy, but I am excited to try out the Switch version because it is faster. And, you know, the other thing I played as Peach all the way through, and I think she's one of the slower <laughs> characters as well. She so, is, but yeah. she has that like floaty uh, mm -hmm. jump which makes things a lot easier and there's some levels where you have to play specific characters which was interesting like we played one when we were streaming which had a button that peach only peach could press and i think there's some further on that only like toad can press or yeah, yeah. mario can press yeah i, I, I like never that it encourages those. you to try the characters out Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, what was that, Chewie? I never revisited those, so I don't know what's behind those buttons. Unless they were the peach ones, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like how uh, 3D World... It, it's cool that it, it feels like a real marriage between a lot of super old-school Mario mechanics and some of the more modern stuff. Um, like, the having the multiple characters, obviously, I've been doing that for the last couple games, but that always makes me think of, you know, Mario 2 
And um, the thing that Steve called out about like the power up sharing and everything like that, that's in the original world. You know, whenever you get an extra one, there's like a little box at the top of the screen and you could on the Game Boy anyway, mm-hmm. it was select. I'm sure it was on the Super Nintendo as well. And it would drop it down for you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's cool to see that it kind of like pulls some of those retro mechanics and like recontextualizes them a little. And bit. that's something I felt was really clean in Bowser's Fury where like mm. you kind of have an inventory of items and power ups and things mm. and it I think it stockpiles up to that's five cool. of them. Yeah, so. it's oh, really cool. That's cool. It stockpiles yeah. like five of five of each as well. So like you press the up button and then you can choose from all of them. And you can like pick and choose. Is it the same power ups? Uh, um, yeah, they. Are, I think they are the same power ups. Like there's yeah. the the cat, the fire, the tanuki. There's a bunch of them. Cool. Yeah. I might I might play through that today. It's it's, it's really fun. fun. Yeah, I had a really good time with it. Awesome. So uh, the only other game on our list this week. Um, I played some more Dishonored too, but I talked about that last week. Love Dishonored too. Go play it for free on Game Pass. <laughs> uh, Steve, you were playing some more Zelda. Yeah. And I made a tip myself yesterday calling the Dodongos, Dur- Durangos or whatever it was. Durangos. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, there's somebody, I think it was Sakurai in the chat when we were streaming that one night, started like making fun of that and was just like, oh yeah, gotta go uh, Lisa Dodge Dodongo. <laughs> That's nothing. Like we were talking to Macaulay's, uh, I think it was Macaulay's brother that said it. And um, we were talking about, we were, we were playing Mario Party last night, me and Macaulay, and Macaulay was Waluigi. You never guess what the name Macaulay's brother thought Waluigi was. <laughs> like, nobody's ever going to guess. Waluagai. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no idea. He thought it was called Larry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Larry? that famous Mario brother, Larry. <laughs> Why Larry? I don't know. He's got a W on his hat. <laughs> I have no idea. No, it's an upside down L for Waluigi. Wario's oh, yeah, the W. Right. So I think he saw that and thought it was like, oh, it's got to be something Larry. with an L. Larry. Because like Luigi, Larry. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and I've also decided that uh, Donkey Kong looks like he puts false teeth in. Because like there's times when he has no, no like nothing in, and then times when he's like smiling, and Looks when like he's smiling, when he's smiling, he looks a hundred percent like Andy from The Office. When Andy from The Office is smiling and he's got that like whole set of white teeth, sure, yeah, he looks absolutely like that. So I'm now calling Donkey Kong Andy, and I'm calling Waluigi Larry from now on. Those are the those are the characters. <laughs> so you're gonna call Donkey Kong Ed Helms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the idea that Donkey Kong like stole uh, Cranky Kong's dentures. Like that's why it really like, looks so like that. Like sometimes in Mario Party, he doesn't have teeth, and he looks genuinely looks like he doesn't have teeth. And then when he's smiling at like the end of a round, he's got like a full set of gnashes in there. <laughs> so speaking of uh, speaking of Zelda, jumping into the news this week, the first uh, thing we wanted to touch on was there is a. All right, and here's here's the thing. I, as a fan of this kind of news, I hesitate to report on it. Because whenever you report on this kind of story, Nintendo, they get real litigious. They jump up. They they get they get people in trouble. So here's what I'm going to say, all right? Everybody, lean in. We're going to talk about this, but be fucking cool. 
Nobody go tell Nintendo we're talking about it because we're going to get some people in trouble, okay? So there is a community of fans right now working on a mod uh, for Ocarina of Time uh, that has a brand new native 60 FPS and 4K mode, um, and it's fucking insane. Uh, we'll have a link to it down below if you want to check it out for yourself. I'm watching it right now. Um, I there was like there was another part of the game that I saw getting showed off, um, like earlier in the week. I think it's actually later in this video. For me, it's the town. Like the town when we've been walking into the town with the weird mask shop, and and it's just like a pre-rendered background, a blurry mess, and we are emulating. Uh, Ocarina of Time when we're streaming it. I do own two copies of the game. Uh, and it's like... I own four, so we're yes. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in this, it's like fully native, rendered, like crisp. I really, really hope Nintendo does something like this for the 35th anniversary. Yeah. And actually puts a bit more effort in than they did with the 64 um, oh my god, I just fast forwarded to the town. This looks insane. Yeah, how much better this it looks. It looks so much better. <laughs> um the thing that that I thought was like interesting um is just seeing cuz this is actually you can tell just by looking at it like this is uh it says it in the title now I just realized. It is Ocarina of Time 3D, so it's the 3DS version mm-hmm. uh upres, so like no wonder that it looks better. Um but it's it's so odd seeing like old games with like modern lighting. Um, I saw another thing this week where it was like a similar thing with Mario 64, but like it was the original textures and everything. So like you have these old flat N64 textures with like modern, you know, UE4 lighting. And it looks so strange and like, not in like a bad way, but just like, it feels like weirdly dissonant. (laughs) It's like, uh, it was like when I played, um, Octopath Traveler, and you're like, this has weirdly good lighting for sprites, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right now I'm looking at like the Temple of Time. Whenever the I outside see these things, things I always gorgeous. think like, yeah, this is what I remember the game looking like <laughs> when I played yep. it the first time. And so it's really cool to see that and just feel like, yeah, this seems normal. It seems cool. And then you look back at what the product actually was and you're like, oh man, was that really what I lived with? <laughs> and if to the me, game like, looked that... this good and had like full 3D camera with like a second stick, I would have zero problems with it. Like the only yeah. issue I have playing this game is the the camera and the fact that I need to keep clicking Z to like get it behind me or L or whatever it is uh, on the actual controller. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, considering we were uh, always going to be emulating this, we probably could have had you play the 3DS version. Probably should have, yeah. This is better though, I think. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, go make sure you go check out the Ocarina of Time streams we've been doing every Thursday. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be doing another one this Thursday, but... Um, we're going to be doing it all year, so keep your eyes out for it. Uh, all Most of the archives are still up on Twitch right now. We're working on a place to put them so that you can watch them in order later on. Um, so just keep tuned for that. We'll definitely keep talking to you about it. But uh, I'm, I've been really pleased to see your growth as a player. You're getting a lot better. You beat Dodongo's Cavern in like 45 minutes, and I really thought it was going to take us like two 
weeks to do that. Yeah, that so <laughs> I mean, we got none of the special stuff in there. I don't think we even picked the map up. Like we found no, nothing. No, we didn't. We, ju- we I just think we definitely skipped around by accident. Beeline straight. Just get the bomb bag done. Out. We're, we're done. We're already onto Zora's domain. I I couldn't <laughs> get the the guy rolling around though at the end. The giant one. Like you really just kept having to go at me. It was like, no, Steve. You really, really need to get close to him. Like stop running away. Because I kept thinking he was going to eat me or like blow fire on me, and I didn't want to get so close to him to throw the bomb <laughs> in his mouth. And it was like, it's funny because like you said, like, I really had to like, I really had to like get stern with you. I was like, dude, you got to Like, you're, you're way too afraid. Yeah. You keep running like half the map away from them and you're not even getting close with the bombs. And then you would stand there as he was breathing the fire and you're like, fuck, fuck. And like panicking. <laughs> it was so funny because you really like you had it like you had the rhythm, but I could tell you were just like you were nervous. You know, you were just it was like, scary. I don't want to get. Yeah, it was giant monster breathing fire on you. <laughs> but it's so funny because, uh, like, a lot of uh, Dark Souls fans will say how, like, there's, like, a lot of similarity to, like, the, the combat of Zelda in it, you know? But if it's, like, elevated, it's, like, the more adult version. Um, and, like, watching you play some of these and like having the panic and like fighting against the controls and like it feels like a dark souls run because <laughs> it's just like ah, ah, this big thing <laughs> i'm just gonna say that i've completed dark souls when i've done this so i can have those bragging rights i 100 percent of dark yeah, souls done <laughs> amazing uh so keeping the zelda conversation rolling uh grezzo who is the studio best known for uh the recent you know I mean, it's like the last several Zelda handheld titles. Did the 3DS Um, uh, Ocarina. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Link Between Worlds, and uh, Link's Awakening are all Grezzo joints. Um, And they're also known for uh, Ever Oasis. Um, They are hiring right now, and um, they are looking for a team to work on a project that is being described as uh, both quote-unquote medieval and quote-unquote stylish. So I thought that was interesting, like, because, like, that could be Zelda, but it but also could be games. Not. The game's in Unity, which makes me think it's not Zelda, and Probably I'm not. really curious as to what it would be, and whether it's even coming to a Nintendo platform if it's a Unity, because usually Nintendo's been using Unreal Engine for their, their games since they've mm. moved to the Switch. So I'm, it's really curious that, that Grezzo's using Unity for this new title. Oh, you know what? They did the Four Swords anniv- uh, Anniversary Edition, too. And Triforce Heroes. They're deep in Zelda territory. So <laughs> I really hope it's something with Zelda. I just don't think it is. And I don't think we've seen a medieval-style Zelda, have we? No. But, I mean, it's like... What does medieval mean? You know? Like... I, like, I, I would agree that you haven't seen that, but, like, how much do you need to adjust Zelda's style to make it more medieval, right? Like, I mean, is that just a way that a Japanese studio is, like, describing something to be possibly, kind of coy about it? But it's for the... So the, the job is for a UI designer who's working on, like, HUDs and menus and things like that. So, like, inventory menus and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't see Zelda looking like that. Like, yes, maybe it did back in Ocarina of Time days. You kind of have that 
more photorealistic feel to the menus when you open them up and it's in that like 3D move between panels. But you look at the latest one, like Link's Awakening and Breath of the Wild, they're like 2D, very clean, totally different style to medieval stylish. Yeah. Regardless, I'm interested to see what Grezzo's working on because they're a very talented studio. I loved Link's Awakening, even though I didn't finish it. I thought it was one of the I most love that game. beautiful games. I mean, I, I, <laughs> and they did great jobs with the, the all the ports that they've done. Like, I, I, yeah. So okay, they didn't do Link Between Worlds, from what I'm seeing here. But all, basically, every other handheld Zelda for what the last five to six years has been them longer. Um, and they've all been good. So, I mean. I'm super down for them to get another original IP like Nintendo published Ever Oasis for them. So mm-hmm. the idea of them like doing another original game with Nintendo before they, you know, slide back into whatever the next Zelda project is. Or maybe Nintendo's at a point where they're like, hey, like you guys have proven yourselves like let's let's see what more this studio is capable of than just remaking other people's games, you know? Yeah. I kind of imagine I lean more toward like they're probably making their own thing, but I also would not mind getting four swords on the switch, especially like the four swords adventure <laughs> kind of thing. Cause it's like a lot of people talk about how final fantasy crystal chronicles on GameCube was pretty impossible to play multiplayer, but four swords yeah. adventure had the same problem where it was like, you had to have those game boy advances plugged in. And now that we've seen crystal chronicles works, we need four swords. It's great. It's a fun one. <laughs> Fair enough. I wouldn't say no to that. I I really want to see as much as I love the the Zelda stuff they've they've been doing. Like I've said, I would love to see them do Oracle of uh, of Ages mm. seasons in the Link's Awakening um, engine. I have also said for a long time I would really love to see them remake Earthbound. I feel like if they took Earthbound and put it in this this style, it would look perfect. <laughs> like that cute little like. Yeah, Everybody it looks, looks like, like the toy. dude anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, the Link's Awakening Link has, like, the same face yeah. as Ness. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like that would be awesome. And, like, obviously, Earthbound, I think, you know, it's long, long overdue for some kind of a return in my mind. Uh, either way, though, I'm excited to see it. Um, really a big fan of what Grezzo does. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it comes together for him. All right, so uh, jumping into our last news story this week before we hop into uh, the mail pot and then our, our Ring Fit uh, Adventures conversation. Um, CD Projekt Red has is back in the news for, uh, for yet another uh, bad, bad story, unfortunately. Well, I guess depending on where you land. Um, but I... Uh, so the... the the long and short of it, right, is CD Projekt Red makes this announcement on February 9th, uh, so earlier earlier this week as of the time of recording, and um, it, it's, it's two images that are posted side by side. One is a letter from the company explaining that they have been the victim of a cyber attack, uh, that a significant amount of company data had been stolen, uh, and it included... Things like um, like source code for you know Cyberpunk and The Witcher and, and some of their other stuff, um, but also had like documents related to like internal processes and human resources and you know just all the things that a company you know uses to kind of internally operate right. 
Um, the other image was a screenshot of a notepad, uh, read me, that was uh, the ransom note from the hackers uh, in question. So I won't read all of CD Projekt Red's um, statement just because it's kind of long and it essentially is just explaining what happened that I just outlined and them saying that they had already taken uh, action to identify the individuals, that they had alerted anybody internally who could have been affected by the breach. They have confirmed that customer data is not a part of this breach, allegedly, uh, and that they would not negotiate with uh, the the ransom e. I don't know what word you would use for that, but the the ransomer um, that they they would not re- not uh, speak with them. They would not try to return the data, and that if it got released, it got released, and that was what was going to happen. So I'll read the um, the note because I just think it's funny. <laughs> so it starts with an at sign. Several exclamation points. Hello, CD Project. Several more exclamation points. Your have been epically pwned. We have dumped full copies of the source codes. Whenever I say a word like that, full, it means it's all in caps, okay? It's important because it happens a few times. <laughs> we have dumped full copies of the source codes for your perforce server. Perforce server? I don't know. For Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3, several exclamation points. We have also dumped all of your documents related to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you can most likely recover from backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how you sh- how you shitty your company functions. In- they didn't proofread this. Can you imagine, like, you're, you're going to send a ransom note to a really high... You don't even fucking read the thing twice? Okay. Uh, investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Uh, I'm I'm laughing. This is serious. I'm not trying to minimize it. I just think like the piss poor grammar and that they're like, you have been epically pwned. It's like, did they get hacked by teenagers in 2005? Like what happened? Anyway, so since then, uh, update to the story is that uh, it's been sold. So uh, The Verge had an article um, that kind of broke it down. Uh, it, it, the information originally came from, uh, I think it's pronounced Kela. It could be Kela. Um, but it's, it's an organization that kind of like keeps track of like dark web, um, auctions and stuff. And they, they, when they originally reported it, they said just in CD project red auction is closed. Hackers auctioned off stolen source code for the red engine and CDPR game releases and have just announced that he quote, uh, uh, this isn't a quote, but I'm saying it's a quote, satisfying offer from outside the forum was received with the condition of no further distribution or selling. Um, I've heard that it went for, there was like a buy-in for the auction that uh, it was, the starting price was a million dollars and there was a buy it now price of 7 million. So the lowest it could have gone for was a million. The lowest it could have gone for um, very quickly was seven. So we're talking millions and millions of dollars here potentially spent on this this information that 
allegedly now cannot be further distributed or whatever, but I don't really see how you enforce that. It's stolen code. So if I bought stolen code, I don't really think I care too much about honoring the thieves code on this one, but whatever. Um, this is crazy. This is such a crazy fucking story. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the one piece of commentary I really wanted to add on it, aside from just, it's wild to see this level of corporate espionage going on with such a significant company is that, um, personally anyway, shout out to CD project red for not negotiating with them. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, I don't think you have anything to gain by negotiating with cyber cyber terrorists. Essentially, um, you just encourage people to do this stuff moving forward, right? They made their money anyway, but uh, hopefully they had to work a little bit harder. Um, so shout out to them for that. And then the other thing was that uh, I saw a lot of people saying some pretty gross stuff, like they deserve this and fuck them, and I hope the whole company goes under. And this is you know just desserts for cyberpunk, like. Don't get me wrong. Steve and I spent, what, six to eight weeks railing on Cyberpunk and saying that CD Projekt Red should be taken a task and this, that, and the other thing. That is not an excuse for this kind of behavior. It is not cool to steal fucking data from a company and sell it on the black market. And, like, I think if your attitude when something like this happens is to, like, celebrate other people's misfortune, I think that's a really uncool thing to do. And I think it's, like... I, I genuinely, I'm just saying this to you, right? If you listen to the show, hopefully you care about what I think on some level. I feel like that's something you should really like look inward. That that's a, that's not a way to be, you know, like they did the wrong thing. They burned you as a consumer. You have every right to feel that way and to take them to task and talk about it. But like, don't wish this kind of shit on other people. Like there's enough of that in the world. Yeah, especially for me, it's the people whose personal data has possibly been stolen. So the, the yeah. employees that work there that that have, through no fault of their own, had their information stolen. HR documents are gone, so presumably people's info was in there. Uh, and like sensitive health information. Yeah, and stuff, it, it you know, sucks. Like- it really, really sucks. Um, and I mean, these guys are, that have done it as scumbags. It's like. Uh, Apparently, they use some software, this Hello Kitty ransomware that's also been used to hack a bunch of other places. There was a Brazilian power company that got hacked recently, but also at the end of uh, January in the UK, um, a healthcare organization in the UK, in the middle of a pandemic, got hacked with this software and they like encrypted a bunch of files. It's like, these people don't care. They're just after after money. They'll target anyone they can. Uh, and the Perforce server that you mentioned that they they hacked is uh, version control. So you may have heard of Subversion or Git, which is similar um, similar software. So this is where they okay. would have uploaded to servers to version control all of their uh, games that they were working on and internal documents. And obviously the Red Engine source code is, was also there that has been stolen. So it, it sucks. Um, it's just an interesting story. I hope that they do find the people that, that did it, but I don't think they will. Um, these people no. are probably very good at staying anonymous and stuff like Bitcoin helps them to not have to give any personal details. It can be, you can get money without having to, uh, to give anything away. So I don't think we'll, we'll see uh, anyone taken to task for this. Uh, and I think CD Project Red just has to press on and, and hopefully uh, do some damage control just another thing that they have to like grin and bear it yeah just move on 
All right. So uh, before we get into our, our main topic here, we do have a couple questions to pull from the mail pot. So uh, this first one comes from one of our Patreon supporters, Affy, who wrote in and said, Hello, Pete and Steve, and Chewy, if you are there. Uh, my question for this week is, with so many rumors around the internet, what would you vote as the craziest rumor so far? And what would you say that you want to come true? For me, the craziest rumor is all the mad things people are now saying about a new Sonic game. The main one being that it will be a game with only Sonic and Amy Rose. The one I want to be true is Starfield coming out later this year. I think that would be a make. Oh, excuse me. It could be. It would be amazing, and as it could be amazing new thing for Bethesda. Love to all, Affy. So Thanks, I, Affy. I didn't Appreciate put it. the story in this week that I probably should have. There was a, p- a post put on NeoGaf um, uh, of just a screenshot from Starfield that has been. That's presumably a screenshot from Starfield that's been leaked. It looks like a ship that says a lab on the side of it. So I think, Affy, you are in luck that Starfield is probably coming at the end of this uh, end of 2021, is my guess. That's a strong contender for me in terms of the thing I want to be the most true. Um, Starfield's been in development for so long. Like, it would be really cool to see, you know, what ideally could be like uh, what I think people hoped Cyberpunk would be. Like the next big open world yeah. game, you know. Mm-hmm. Bethesda um, usually pretty good at successor. it, and Bethesda usually get a pass of being buggy games for a good few months before they're playable. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know. Like it's been development for so long. Like I worry if it's going to have similar problems to Cyberpunk, and I don't know. Um, but I am excited to see. I think yeah. for me, it would probably be Breath of the Wild two, though. Like Breath of the Wild two and a Switch Pro model coming out together is like. If that does happen, that would be through the roof exciting, you know? Yeah, the Switch Pro for me is the one that I'm most excited about coming true. In terms of crazy rumors that we've we've spoken about in the previous weeks, I think the craziest one was Sega potentially getting acquired. The Sega acquisition. It was like, that's a huge <laughs> player in, in the video game, um, video game space. And potentially getting acquired by someone like Microsoft would be like game-changing. Yeah, it would be really disruptive. Uh, to the market as it as it exists so yeah that would be cool i tend to like not believe rumors at all i yeah no matter who i heard from who was talking about like 3d mario collection is coming out, i was just like no it's not don't don't lie to me (laughs) (laughs) um but that said like the the switch pro thing is definitely more believable to me in the sense of like we're getting games that would run so much better on a switch pro at this point for like even nintendo what they're making i'm just like you guys i think you need some more hardware power behind this so to me that one makes sense it makes business sense for nintendo but also like the sources when they come from places like wall street journal i'm just like okay yeah this is this is probably going to be believable but then nintendo always does this one thing when with this stuff that always says to me like oh okay so it is happening but their most recent like financial meeting they were like we have no console to announce anytime soon and i'm just like oh okay so it's coming because (laughs) typically they always make this comment when something is on the way they did this with like the 2ds model that came out like the Mm -hmm. 2ds xl they did it even with like the switch like before they were admitting that the Wii U was a failure. They're like, oh, no, we're supporting the Wii U. Oh, wait, the Switch is coming out. Here it is. Um, and they did it kind of recently, too, with the Switch Lite, 
for example. Like they they held that back. They kept telling people, no, it's not happening. I think like a month after they made that comment, they just dropped it on Twitter or something. So every time they say something like that, I'm just like, oh, okay. So we know a Switch Pro is on the way. <laughs> and like the fact that you said that, like, I, you know, my original uh, prediction was that it would come out in March alongside Breath of the Wild too. And, and like, you know, you said the month thing and I'm just like, please. Like, I don't think it's going to happen anymore, but, like, how incredibly hype would that be if, like, next week there's a Nintendo Direct and it's, like, the first proper, you know, meeting Nintendo Direct in, like, a year (laughs) and they're just, like, Breath of the Wild 2 is out in four weeks. That would be amazing. Are you kidding me? I can't see that happening. I I mean, it'd be great. And as long as they announce two consoles this year, I'm fine. I just need two consoles announced, Nintendo Switch Pro and something else. And I'll be very, very happy because it'll make my prediction come true. So just make sure you announce two consoles and not just one. Also, it feels like that's going to be holiday game slash system for them. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like... Could be. I don't know. I think they definitely adjusted things in their schedule. For me, last year, like 2020... There, there was kind of two moves with delaying Animal Crossing because it, to me, when I look at that game, it felt like, oh, there's stuff that exists that signifies this game was intended to release holiday 2019 where the countdown stuff like the New Year's event was already in the game and the materials used to craft the toy day stuff was already in the game. So... Mm. I was like, okay, so it feels like this game was intended to release in 2019, but they delayed things. Their holiday was already pretty stacked with stuff. It makes sense for them to push something out to the spring where it's like, you know, usually a pretty empty section. They'll drop a game, like usually the ports and something big, maybe, you know, launch for the Switch was Breath of the Wild. That was huge. So... I don't know. I think they're definitely looking at that calendar and adjusting based on COVID what they could do and saying like, yeah. all right, holiday is going to be big this year for Breath of the Wild 2 Switch Pro. It's so interesting <laughs> when you think about that, because like what I think what I think is like shown why that earlier time of the year is so valuable is like you said, like it, it used to be historically quiet. Now it's a little bit more competitive because people have realized it's a good time to release games. But I think like with a Breath of the Wild, what's so strong about it is like you have it come out early in the year and make a splash and then people talk about it all year and it's and it hits an, a second spike of sales in the summer and then it hits a, a third spike of sales in the holiday season and maybe they put out, you know, a bundle or like a, a special Zelda version of the console. Like mm-hmm. ah, not to mention just- like like the game awards, which they've been ingrained with over the last few years you know reggie was there announcing games the first year the switch was released and i don't think if breath of the wild had released in december or november it would have had the same impact it wouldn't have been on people's minds during the um like you know there wouldn't have been the conversation around it like we had when breath of the wild released and everyone got to play it for like 200 hours before they had to to go and vote on which game they thought was was game of the year that year and right. those those awards have like a big impact, you know. I watched the the video game BAFTAs that year as well, and they sent over people from Japan to come and collect the awards. So they they obviously take them um, quite seriously. 
So speaking of Zelda, uh, we had a comment from one of our uh, Patreon supporters, Trendy Brandy, who said, one of my favorite parts of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity was exploring Akala's Citadel. Moving uh, room to room to take out baddies. The Citadel was reduced to rubble in Breath of the Wild, and it got me thinking about the sequel. I'd love to see a lot of the destroyed buildings restored in the years since the first game, assuming the game doesn't play- take place directly after the end of Breath of the Wild. I think you're probably safe that it doesn't take place directly after. I think like the fact that the characters have different styles and you know they're on this adventure in the trailer that we've seen and everything. I, it's very much given me the impression that like some amount of time has passed. Um, I think that would be cool. It would be cool to see like Hyrule either rebuilt or in the process of being rebuilt, so that like we can go to the same places in the map, but they feel different. They feel more alive. You know, maybe less wild. Um, yeah, I don't even know if I want it to take place in Hyrule at this point. Like, I kind of want it to take place somewhere else. Like, and that's probably my fault for going in and playing Breath of the Wild again at this point. Right now, but I'm yeah. just like, I don't really want to do this same map again, even if these <laughs> places exist again. Like, I want something fresh and new. Like, how do they move the shrines and make them in different places unless that mechanic's gone? I feel like you would probably just replace it with something else this time. Like, maybe you do just have, like, dungeons. I really love the shrines. And you have, like, a more traditional structure. Yeah, (laughs) possibly. I mean, I I love the shrines in that game, though. Like, there's so many creative ways they did it that wouldn't work in a full dungeon. But the fact that you can just have, like, these little mini experiences, they're so cool. I think my thing is, I'm torn because, like, I think a lot of people who don't like Breath of the Wild, like, that is their thing is, like, it doesn't have the tropes that I want. And I liked that Breath of the Wild got away from those tropes. But now that we've done that, it feels like, oh, well, now you could kind of go back to them with a fresh pair of eyes and do something new and, like, make them feel new again. And I feel like that would kind of be cool because I love Breath of the Wild and I want more Breath of the Wild. But, like, do we really just want a second Breath of the Wild or do we want them to iterate on Breath of the Wild in the same way that Breath of the Wild iterated on Zelda? And I think that is what I want. Yeah. And then when they make the next game that isn't a sequel, then you could fucking break all the conventions down again and do something new again, you know? And, like, I want them to keep doing that with Zelda. I don't want them to just be like, we did the one fresh one. Now let's just go back to the well. That's not what I'm looking for. But I do think, like, playing Ocarina with you right now, I am reminded of how cool Dungeoneering is and how cool, like, some of the more complex dungeons are. And thinking about, like, Jesus, what could the Breath of the Wild team do with, like, rather than the uh, each of the shrines, but also the, um, the beasts. Divine beasts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, take those two things and combine those into, like, really awesome deep dungeons. That could be fucking awesome. And then you're going to spend a lot of time underground, so you're not going to, like, be in the overworld as much. So the stuff that's familiar, you'll be like, oh, okay. Like, I'm not spending all my time up there, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I just kind of think I want them to go somewhere else, and I think they could do that and fit it into the story well, especially with with what they've shown in the trailer. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. I guess. Yeah, I'm certainly not opposed to that. Yeah, I'm really wondering what they're up to because you know at this point it has been a good amount of time since they've said anything about the game. Like we know it's been in the works for a while now, and. Yes, they have a whole world that exists and they could do a lot of things to it. But I don't know. At the same time, like this one's got that darker vibe 
which, you know, just right off the bat, it's kind of a creepy game to begin with. So I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, do they kind of mix some of the themes from the 2D stuff, like the low rule kind of places, make it a dark mirror kind of world? But And, like, is this going to be more story driven? Like, I don't know. Is Zelda going to be playable? Maybe it's more linear. That's my that's my question. Yeah, I don't know. We we like we had a whole conversation about this on the show once, and I'm really like, I don't think she will be, and I think people are going to be disappointed. But like, I'll be disappointed. I feel like, I feel like unless they make her play the same way that Link does, that just creates so many. They've but kind of again, opened like, though, haven't they? In in Hyrule Warriors, they've kind of opened up that possibility. I think they did a really good job with Hyrule Warriors, kind of giving everybody like their own unique play style. Um, yeah, like Daruk played so differently. Rivali played really differently. Like they really took their bodies into account, and it felt, you know, like you were playing just a totally different style of Zelda essentially Mm -hmm. when you were going through that so i mean that could be it too like maybe they are looking into more playable characters like they already have like you get pretty well affiliated with link and his movement and how he works throughout the world and that could really change things up like reimagining things so you can play as other characters and everything i feel like it would be really like i think the way you do that and I don't think they would do this. And this is why, like, I keep coming back to the idea that I don't think they'll let us play as Zelda is like, I feel like there are two really clean ways to do it. Either you make there be certain parts of the game where you play as Zelda, where it's like these are specifically Zelda portions and they play differently. That's one way clean, easy to con- like contain. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, the beginning of the game is that scene that we saw, right? Where like Ganon wakes up and he traps Link. And then that's it. And you just can't play as Link. And it's like, you want to play as Link? Play the first game. Yeah, and that's, that's I think, how uh, they could do it. You know, it's like t- Tekken yeah. 2 where they just, you know, re- reverse it and Zelda's going to come and save Link for for once, which would be great. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, can you imagine how the reveal of the Switch Pro would be if they did like a similar thing to the original Switch reveal where you're on the, where they're on the horse and then they like go and slot it into the dock or pick it up from the dock and like away they go. And imagine if in that reveal, it was like, got yeah, here's the on. Switch Pro. Yeah, yeah, it got a hood on and it like takes it up and then bam, you're, Zel- you're playing as Zelda. Everyone would and go cut absolutely her, like, fucking around with wild. The Sword. <laughs> it yeah. would be such I think a that good reveal. That gave me tingles. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> like yeah because like I, I think that would be sick uh, that would be like such a hype moment to reveal that it's like first time fully playable Zelda like here we go like that's it Link's captured it's like alright yeah and then at go. the end it says coming March and you're like yes my my prediction came my true my prediction <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I'd love that uh, all right, so last question. This one comes from Airfields, uh, one of our new members. Thank you for uh, coming and hanging out with the stream last week and joining us on the Discord. Uh, Airfields wrote in and said, if Smash Bros. wasn't called Smash Bros., what would it be called? Mario this Party. Is, <laughs> this is tough, but like, like Doc came up with the most ridiculous name in the in the Discord channel, which was Dragon King the Fighting Game. But I kind of, <laughs> I kind of feel like it would be something like... Yeah, I know, ridiculous. It would it would have Mario in the title, I think. I think it would be called Mario Fighters. Yeah, it's like Mario Kart, Mario Party. Yeah. It's like these aren't really Mario games at this point. Like Mario Kart has 
Zelda characters and Animal Crossing right. characters. It's basically Nintendo car, but for some reason, you put Mario's face on it and it sells. So yeah, you call it Mario Fighters or something, and and that will sell like hotcakes. And the cover is Mario punching Link in the face. Yeah, you know, there you go. Okay, yeah, I think I think that's the the honest answer of like. <laughs> If it wasn't its own brand, it would be a fucking Mario thing for sure. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd like it to have sort of some stupid name like Punchy Boys or something really ridiculous that it would never be good. Dragon King of Fighters. Yeah, I also yeah. think we kind of got that version of Smash. It's Kirby Fighters, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, because it would have been pre the Mario soccer game, they call it Mario the Strikers, but it's like strike, like physical, not strike, like soccer. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so uh, let's hop into the main topic. It is week two of Ring Fit February. Uh, this week was tougher. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I uh, I was not sleeping well, and I had a lot of days where I was like hovering around like ten to twelve minutes because I was starting at the end of the day and was already tired. Um. So that was definitely like my big challenge this week. I think. Day eight was rough for me mostly because i was like there's that mental wall that i hit where i'm just like man look at me doing so well doing this for a for a whole seven days in a row i think i deserve a break don't you (laughs) so that like that that voice is just in my head all of day eight so it was hard for me to get to it I would say. Yeah. Um, after that, I didn't really feel it as much, but consistently Fridays have been the day where I, I least feel like working out. I'm just like, you know what? I, it's the same same voice where it's like, you've done great this week. Let's just take it easy. <laughs> I think Friday was my only good workout this week. I did like 16, eight minutes or something like that. <laughs> um, and it was like before our stream. And it was so funny because I was like, oh, I got to get this done before the stream or I'm going to be dead afterwards. Uh, and I, I did one level and it was like eight, seven or eight minutes. And I was like, son of a bitch. And I was already like tired. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm going to do one more. And it was like a 10 minute level. And I was like, God damn it, Ring Fit. What are you doing to me? <laughs> but I felt good afterwards. You know, but it was like last night was I almost broke the streak. That was my like day eight Friday night moment where um, I said earlier how Sarah and I did Valentine's Day yesterday. And my, my day was like a nightmare, um, like timing wise. So I do uh, my other podcast, my comic book podcast, The Comics Pals, uh, which you can get every Monday on comic book or on podcast platforms, excuse me. Um, we were recording late that day. So we were, we recorded until like four o'clock. Um, and we were supposed to go pick up our Valentine's dinner at four 30 and both of our cars wouldn't start because of the snow and our starter was, uh, losing power. So it just didn't work. So I had to go walk in the ice to my friend's house, like two, three blocks away borrow their car, drive around the city to go pick everything up that I needed, come back, park the car, walk the keys to them, and then walk back to my place. By this point, it's like 8 o'clock. So I'm like spending like four hours driving around doing all this stuff, it felt like. And we did dinner, like hung out, watched a movie. Like I had had champagne, and it's like 11.40, and I was like, oh, no, I didn't do, I didn't exercise. Ah, I was like, ah, I was like, do I skip it? Do I just skip today? And Sarah was just like, do you? I was like, no, fine. So I go downstairs at 1140 and get this done. 
and I just did mini games the whole time because I was like, I don't have this in me right now. <laughs> I'm so tired. I want to go to bed. Oh uh, so I did God. ten minutes of that parachute mini game that's on like World Fire or whatever. I that like, mini game. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna do that. So I just did that like five times in a row and was like, I'm done. <laughs> and World Five has been like just killing me. The legs, man. Allegra is like, oh my god, just leave me alone. She made me do fifty three squats one day, and I was like, mm-mm, not feeling these squats. <laughs> and I've done some of the leg stuff. I just can't do. My body will not let me do it. So I had to cheat when I was doing the planks. It just would not fucking work for me. I just cannot do planks. <laughs> but it forces you to do them in the uh, the gym with the like leg set. You can't skip I it. Didn't, I had to do the mountain climber instead. And it's also not something that I'm like physically capable of doing. It was awful. So I, I cheated. I took the, uh, the Joy-Con out of the holder and I just went like this. Tilt, tilt chill yep. and it registered all the planks because i couldn't do it and i couldn't get past it and i would not be able to proceed with the game because i, I just can't do them uh yeah. but then once i got past allegra i've now met armando and abdonis uh armando i find the arm stuff like a piece of piss it's like easy peasy i breeze through them so yesterday i did like a an almost 19 minute workout i did all of Armando. I met Abdonis. I did a bunch of it. And I could have carried on like I would have carried on, but I had some stuff to do. Um, but I was feeling really good yesterday for, do- for doing that. Uh, yeah. And that brings me on to my biggest issue with the game so far. Is it forcing me to do things I know I am physically incapable of doing? I just cannot do them. And it really, really bugged me. And it got to the point where I was like... In the arm stuff, I was like, I could have put the difficulty up on this and it would have been easy, but I couldn't put the difficulty up because the leg stuff was too hard. And I wish it wasn't one linear setting for everything. It's like all of it goes up in one go. I wish it was like the leg stuff is too difficult for me, so I need to turn that down. But the arm stuff I'm finding super easy. So let me bump that up to like difficulty 20, but bring the legs down from difficulty. I'm on difficulty 13 now. Bring that down a couple of notches so that I can do those and not have to worry about like just having to cheat to get through it versus like feeling like I'm breezing through the, the arm stuff without even breaking a sweat. I, yeah, I, I that- really wish it was, wasn't like one setting. And I don't know because I know, too, you mentioned when you get to level 40, you get the skill tree. So I don't know if I can like make the leg stuff easier with the skill tree and then level it out by bumping the difficulty up or something um i don't remember there being like anything quite like that it was more like you unlock some new hearts some different moves um get a little bit more strength in some areas but i don't think it was like specific um to the exercises i would say um i think really the, the most of the control you have is in those levels where it does let you pick which moves you're doing. But like you said, like one of the problems is like there are those levels where it's like you're going to do these things for this many sets, you know, with this many times. Yeah, that that was um, I ran into that with Allegra because I'm like a little bit behind where you are, Steve, um, in the story mode. And, and that was the first time I actually um, actively felt like I didn't like the game where it was <laughs> like I don't like um and not even that like I'm like I'm not enjoying it or whatever, but like that, you know, I've I've been praising the game for the way that it uh 
teaches you about exercise and that it encourages you to, to push yourself and do these other things. And I felt like it's done a really good job of doing that so far and of, of having that balance of like presenting me with a challenge but not pushing me beyond my limits. Um, and it was the Allegra stuff where I was put, put in a position where it was like, you have to do these exercises. And, and that really bothered me because like I, I couldn't do the mountain climber thing. And it was like at the end of my workout, and this was on that Friday night where I was actually going, like I said, twice as long as I had originally planned on it. So like my hands were really sweaty. My feet were really sweaty. So part of the fact that I couldn't do it was that like physically, like it's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm overweight. I'm heavy. Like it's hard for me to lift my whole body off the ground um, and, and do that let alone the fact that my I was so sweaty that I was sliding. So, like, I couldn't hold the form. So it was, like, hard enough, and it was just like, this isn't working. Like, I can't do this. And the fact that I have no option to do anything else, I can't move past this, I can't skip this because it's too hard. My option is to stop and not hit the appropriate amount of time for our challenge or to cheat so I can move forward. Like... I didn't want to do that, but I did. Like, yeah. I did what Steve did, where like I I balanced on one arm and leg, and I just moved my one leg ten times, and was like, okay, I'm done. You know, can I get back to an actual workout? Um, and that's bullshit. Like <laughs> I totally understand it being like, hey, for this, because like there was one Allegra challenge where she's like, you can only use leg exercises. Yeah, and I selected the blue them. ones I could do. Like I selected right. like the ones that I was physically able to do and I skipped the mountain climb. I forgot about that level. I had to cheat on that one too. And the plank cuz I just can't do those. But like the thigh one, I'm fine to do that. The like the knee lift, I'm I can do that. The squats, no yeah. problem. It's just those two that I really really struggle with. For the same reason, like I'm overweight, I can't lift my body up. It just it will not, it will not go. Like, I, and it's I, like I, we'll get there eventually. But the fact that I can't do it right now and it's forcing me—it's the first yeah, time I've done that. I, I and think it makes the me game like needs shit. a way to like blacklist skills and just say I can't do these. These do not work for my body type. And if it had that and like it could sub in rather than having to do the mountain climb, it was like do the knee lift twice or do you know some other like skill or like instead. they had a modified version. You know, where it's like like uh like when you're overweight and like you're trying to do push ups and you can't do them, you do like the knee push ups. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, like that's the modifier for you. And they'd have that for a lot of the exercises. Like they there's the one level where it's like they make you do the tree pose and it's yeah, like and it says, hey, if you can't do this, just put both ground. your feet on the ground. Yeah. That's fine. And it's like, okay, so where's the modification for this? Which is one of the hardest core exercises that you can physically do <laughs> and you're forcing me to do it. And I have no recourse. And also, like, not for nothing. Like, what if I was like disabled? Like, what if I like what if I physically couldn't do that? And I have no way of communicating that to the game or being like, hey, can I just skip this one? Like, can I do another exercise instead? Like, that feels like basic functionality that I should have the option for, considering how much control it gives me in other areas. Yeah. And I do wonder if that stuff is there because there there's still things that like if I dig through the menu, I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. For example, you know, yeah, those, that's true. You know, those um two sided exercises where it has you like do, oh, you're pulling the bow with this side. Now you're doing it with this side, right? Yes. Yeah. There are the options to have those exercises go through completion. So, like, if you happen to defeat oh. a bad guy before you're done, it just kind of ends and you're like, oh, I just did a lot more on this one side of my body. 
and I want to I actually it. would like to turn that on. Yeah, yeah me it, too. I hate that it like suddenly stops me halfway through. Yeah. That happens to me with warrior pose all the time mm-hmm. where like I'll only do the left and then I'm like, the, the right side needs to get stretched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there is that option with some things. You can be mean to yourself and make it so like all moves go through completion, like even if the baddie is defeated. Um, it's kind of funny what happens when you do defeat them and you're still doing the exercise, but their life bar, like it'll deplete to zero, then go back up a little bit <laughs> just so it's like, oh That's yeah, funny. they're not dead yet. You got to keep going. Um, <laughs> so I do wonder like if there is an option to like say, never give me this move kind of thing. And we just have to dig through it. Cause like I've played yeah. the game quite a bit before and just barely on this run found out that that was an option to do both sides through to completion. So, yeah, I bet you there are, maybe there are, yeah, some controls. Maybe that, maybe that's what we should do this week is, but that should be like, a little bit. That, that should be in the game. Like it, it must've realized cause it kept showing me all the time. Like it would like, I would do like one plank and then it would like have a go at me cause I wasn't doing the pose right or whatever. And it would like take me back to the screen to tell me to put my legs behind me. Yeah. It's like the game realized I was struggling. Why can't it just bring up an option to say, are you, are you struggling? Can you not do this? Or mm-hmm. so the options in the menu, it should have prompted me to do it. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff is me struggle. Not- a lot of the stuff is not explained through it. Like, like I said, like when I reached the skill tree portion, I think I probably unlocked it and didn't even realize it for a long time. And then I was like, Oh, what's the skill tree thing that I can look at? Oh, look at all this cool, all these cool perks that I get. (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah, I think some of that just needs to be more explicit where it's like, you know, it's, it's tracking your activities, what you're doing. And if it's seeing you struggling on anything, it should be like, all right, let's take it easy on this one and do something else. Yeah. I think, I think the reason it bothers me so much too, and and this is uh, something I've realized that like, I'm, I'm getting increasingly impatient with every time I start the game is how it takes you through the connection guide. And then it's like, here's how the fucking Joy-Cons, like, here's how it works. And it's like, yeah, I know. Like, And yeah, it, and, it gives you the it, option to turn off him asking you every day. About if, difficulty. About difficulty, but it doesn't give you the so option. So why can't I turn that yeah. off? <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it's one of those things where it's like, when you get in the game, it makes you go through that every single goddamn time. And then choose your account. Like you go to campaign and then you pick. Why can't I just pick that I'm me at the beginning? Or why don't you realize that it's me fucking playing like every other video game and then be like, oh, this is your 15th day in a row playing. You probably don't need us to explain how squeezing the fucking ring con works now, you know? And it's like, and especially like, like on the the days where I don't want to work out, it makes me angry. And it makes me start my my workout pissed off. Yeah, See, that's what happened last felt night. That bothered about about it, but I've it, never it like, really got, got under my skin last through. night. Honestly, because it's eleven forty, and I'm like, I just want to start. I know that's like, and I'm sitting there button mashing, and it's like waiting to load. <laughs> it's like, oh my fucking god! Like that's in a cross the board switch thing for me. Like I wish there was a little bit more consistency with like which pr- and you speed. When you- most games the vast majority of games when you click on it it asks you which account is logging into this game right like right from the game and you know i swear ring fit does i swear i have to put it in at the beginning 
it oh, doesn't, doesn't it? no i it, that's one of the ones that do it but like even like across nintendo games there used to be consistency in the beginning and then it all dropped i think i forget which game i noticed it first i think it was luigi's mansion 3 or something where that one is it opens up the game and then asks you versus like asks you who's playing and then goes in um paper mario the origami king does it where it's like it goes into the game and then asks you and i don't know it it just bugs me kind of across the board on the switch where it's like there's no consistency even with some of like some indie games i've run into do something different so i don't know on the whole, though, like, I, I really am enjoying the game. It was just this week. Like, yeah. I can feel myself getting fitter. And then it was like, bam, do these challenges. And I felt useless. It made me feel mm-hmm. really crap about myself that I couldn't do these specific exercises when I know and I can feel that I'm getting better to the point where I've had to put the the difficulty up because it was just getting to the point where it was too easy. Yeah, and that's kind um, of where I... And, so, and, and uh, hopefully now I'm past that. I'm past the whole Allegra thing. I'm hoping that I never have to do that again. And it's just powering on with the game as it was before, but I don't know. Yeah, and that's where I warned you guys too, where I was like, I felt yeah, like, oh, I've got the hang of this now. The day before World 5 Allegra challenge, I was just like, man, that workout was really easy. I kind of wish... I I could make yeah. it a little bit harder already. <laughs> and then the next day I go in and get that challenge and I was just like completely dead after. It it was the hardest one for sure. Yeah. And you you all don't know pain too like the world 3 boss was like I got down to like a little sliver of health and then died. No, I had that this week. Like uh, I was, that's, uh, that was my own, my first time I've only done 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I've always done like 12 uh, and uh, my longest one was about 19 minutes. But I had my first boss this week. It was the end of World 4, Armando, I think it was. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this would be easy. But I forgot to make smoothies. And it doesn't prompt you before you go in. Like, don't forget, you're probably going to need smoothies. No. You might want to go no, get... No, man, it's an RPG. You might want to go get the, like, uh, the red outfit, which gives you, like, plus five on the on the arm stuff to beat him and this and the other. And so I get there and I'm, I'm, I was, like, sure I already had some smoothies. I had one spinach smoothie. And so... I happened to me too. I, I got right down again, like you, Chewy, to that smidge of health. And then I died and I was like, fuck yeah. this. I'm done with this game. I'm not going back in and I'm not going to be in today. I was like, I've done 10 minutes. That'll do. I'm out of it because <laughs> I was nowhere. I was going yeah. back in to fight him for another 10 minutes. Yeah, you have to do it all over again. Full health once again. And you're like, I'm not at full health. I'm depleted now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm tired now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm def- I'm definitely enjoying it overall. I'm really glad we've been doing it. Um, it's been it's been really helpful for me personally, you know, to keep up with it and, and have each other to like encourage our our, our you know our our, uh, our little group to keep going and all that stuff. So I, I'm having a good time with it. I definitely recommend people uh, give it a shot. Um, we're halfway through at this point, two weeks, but um, that means there's still two weeks left. So if you want to jump on and, and join us, I hope you will. So uh, a couple people in the community have been doing it and, uh, it seems like it's been good for everybody. With a question there, do you guys feel good after two weeks? Like, are people going to get a good workout in this time? I think, yeah. I think you will. Um, cause I, I can like, we haven't really talked about this element of it too much. Like what else we're doing right now. Um, 
So like I I've been for the first week I was doing a lot better about um, eating healthy. This week it's been a little bit spotty because it was Super Bowl Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, last week, and then it was Sarah's birthday or Sarah's birthday is um, next week. Sorry, and then Valentine's Day was was this weekend. So like the the there's like a lot of food based (laughs) things these weeks that have been like okay like I'm gonna cheat a little bit and you know I'm not gonna be that crazy about what I'm what I'm t- putting in my body but I you know I have been weighing myself um at the same time like at the end of the week just to kind of like see how I've been doing and I am still losing weight um but the thing I'm noticing more is that I feel stronger you know is that like I um like the first couple days I remember I commented like I had like jelly legs after like the squats and stuff and now it's like I can feel you know I already have pretty good leg muscles because I'm a drummer but like my, my thighs are getting bigger <laughs> and like I can see I can feel the muscles that weren't there before, you know, and like um, I don't know if you guys have you probably have this one that there's the one uh, exercise that's like the lower back stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been doing that one a lot because um, I have like lower back problems and like I'm noticing like my back doesn't hurt as much anymore. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm uh, finding that like like lifting. I have a lot more um, strength in my arms and and again like i play drums so like i don't have no upper body strength but like i can feel that things that used to be kind of my limit are now getting a little bit easier you know mm-hmm. yeah i feel that same kind no, of I'm, thing. i'm the same like uh, uh, sorry you go ahead steve <laughs> <laughs> okay i was just saying um i feel the same same as pete like i, I for me it's day-to-day things like running up and down the stairs, like I can do that a couple of times easy now without like getting out of breath. Whereas before, like I know, you know, doing that, I'd have been like, oh, give me two seconds or whatever. Um, and and it's nice. It is nice. It was like and like, that was the reason I put the difficulty up because I felt like it was getting to the point where I can do this easy easily. And and I never thought I would be getting to the point where I was looking forward to it or like wanting to do more exercise and stuff, Same. which I have been. Um, I've also been like trying to diet a little bit more. This week's been just a write-off in terms of that. But last week, the first week I did it, I lost three pounds which, while wow. doing the uh, exercises, which I was really happy with. Um, haven't weighed myself yet. My weigh day is Monday, so I need to wait and see what the damage is from. Uh, we had KFC <laughs> yeah, last night. That's where I'm at. So, I, was, so I think we I was did... down two or three, and I yeah. yeah, I went back up. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I've gone back up. You know, we did KFC last night for our Valentine's meal. We did ours last night, and then today I did like afternoon tea for like for lunch. So it's like no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. It's going to be yeah. horrendous. But uh, I still feel like doing the exercises is contributing to, towards that, uh, and it's it's nice. It, it is. Uh, And I think I'm going to carry on with this afterwards. I mean, we'll see in two weeks time how I feel about that. (laughs) But right now I'm, I'm definitely wanting to carry on with, with it. I I know I will. Like, I, I don't think I'll do it every day still. And that's going to be the challenge is keeping myself honest. If I'm not having a box to check every day. Um, But I, I've noticed like the physical benefits enough that like, particularly in my mind, like I feel more alert at the end of the day. I feel like I have more energy. Like I've been more creative at night. Um, like I've been like working on like doing like digital art projects. I've been like, I started playing guitar again. Um, yeah, I've been like writing new songs and like editing videos. And like, those are all things that like a lot of times by the end of the day, like I just don't feel like I have the energy for anymore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just spent, 
you know, and like uh, coming off of work, exercising and then taking a shower. It feels like I'm like getting like a second shot at the rest of the day, you know. Mm. That's where I'm doing it as well, straight after work. So, like, we ne- we never answered Left Eye Lazy's question, which was like, "How was I was going to throw this in?" Yeah. So, so Left Eye Lazy is one of our Patreon supporters. Wrote in and said, "How is introducing, fi- or sorry, has introducing fitness into your gaming time affected how you play games this week? If so, how?" So we have two weeks of yeah of results and, here, and it really has. So my um my like schedule or routine really was work as soon as i'm kind of done with work i would play a little bit something before dinner to kind of de kind of um, compress after work just like instant relaxation and then i would go and go and cook some dinner and then maybe come back to play some games or watch tv or whatever now it's different it's i work i then work out with ring fit then i have a shower and i have that still that separation but it's even more so like i finished the work day my workout is like i I do this this is my thing i always do now i have a shower and then it really feels like i've got the evening just to myself and i actually really like Mm. it back when i used to go to the gym when they were open it was the same thing you know i would drive from work go to the gym and then come home and it was definitely like a separation that little bit i needed between um, between like going from work to, to relaxing. And this kind of has replaced my commute for me. Like I used to be in the office two days a week or three days a week. Now I'm working from home permanently since last year. And it's nice. It's, it's that little bit of separation you get, which you don't get when you're working from home where you're just constantly in front of a, of a computer working. Now it's a case of, I can say, Oh, well, I've got something to do. I need to finish work, go work out. Cause that's a commitment I've made for the show. And then I can relax and it's that separation, which I never had before. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I agree. Yeah. I can agree with that too. It's like, I mean, most of the time I do it like pretty end of the day just to fit it in with my usual, like get ready for bed routine, you know? So now I'm just like, Oh, if I Mm -hmm. exercise, then, you know, do my shower, brush my teeth, that sort of thing. That's where I kind of feel like it fits in pretty best with my schedule. Um, yeah. But I wake up hungrier than I usually do. I I don't know if we've talked about diets too much. Well, I haven't mentioned my diet too much, but I accidentally do like intermittent fasting. And that's just kind of how I've always eaten since high school. Yeah. And so I'm not usually too hungry in the morning, but now I have more days where... Jackie's like, oh, do you want something for breakfast? And usually I'll say no at first. And then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I found that too. Um, I kind of was always accidentally intermittently fasting as soon as I stopped snacking at night because I love to eat at night, <laughs> but I don't like to eat in the morning. Um, but yeah, I'm finding myself like waking up and like actually wanting breakfast mm-hmm. and like I'll have like a yogurt or something, you know? Um, so that's good too. Like I've noticed it's like affecting my diet and my metabolism in good ways even though like i'm not always you know like i've definitely eaten some junk food the last couple weeks (laughs) that like i didn't i wouldn't normally be but i feel less guilty about it because i know i'm also making other healthier choices and like i'm eating well at meals for the most part so like i'm eating a lot healthier than i was last year and like even you know the few years prior yeah um so it's like I'm, i'm trying to also think of it in that way in that like exercising for 10 minutes every day was a baby step 
right? Like, so is this. Like, I, it doesn't need to be like, go cold turkey and exercise for an hour a day. And like, if you put too much pressure on yourself, it's not going to become a habit and it's not, it's going to be something that you dread and you don't want to do and you do it until the obligation's over and then you go back to your old habits. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like I am setting a good habit of, hey, you exercise and you like to exercise now. So, you know, start there. Yeah. You know, start with what the one thing you can do, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make a quick comment to what you said a little bit earlier about like you feeling less back pain um, and that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, I have kind of knee pain sometimes. I ran a half marathon a while ago without training enough for it. And since then, my knees just aren't the same. After picking Ooh. up Ring Fit, I noticed a huge improvement in that. And even like really? with my back too, um, I I never felt too much back pain. Typically, it was like we do an eight to ten hour drive back to visit family, and I'd feel it after that. After playing yeah. Ring Fit for a while, I was like, "Oh man, I didn't feel that at all. It it feels good." So if you're somebody who just like kind of feels little aches and pains around your body whether it's like age or just like mistreating it a little bit i think ring fit does a really yeah, good job your lifestyle to strengthen the muscles around those parts and make it like just not hurt too much yeah i, I mean really you know, you're, you're, you're a desk worker <laughs> yeah I haven't, I haven't really honed in on uh whether i've seen a difference in in that kind of thing yet but i'm gonna have a think about it this week because there's definitely times when I've sit at my desk too long and I, I have a backache. And I when think I got that ability, I put it right in and I intentionally have done it extra. Like I try to do it more than the other ones because I know that I want to strengthen those muscles. And after this week, like I sat and did, I, I sat and podcasted for like six hours yesterday and I was like, wow, my back doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's new. Yeah. So um, good luck for us on week three. <laughs> Everybody yeah. uh, following along at home. I hope it's been going well for you guys. And uh, yeah, if you haven't jumped in, you've been thinking about it, you have a copy of Ring Fit that's been sitting catching dust, uh, I hope you'll dust it off and join us. And remember, you can keep up uh, over on the uh, the Discord. We've got a fitness channel where every day the three of us are posting our updates. We're also posting them on Twitter. Uh, so if you want to follow along with what, we've, what we're doing day to day, that's an easy way to do so. And you can share your own results and you know, um, be, be a part of, uh, ring fit February. Uh, Chewy, thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. We're looking forward to doing it again next week. Uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, Chewy plays or Chewy plays Nintendo pretty much everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all the places. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, make sure you go check out some of Chewy's content. Say hey to him, give him a follow and, uh, catch him in the discord. And, um, yeah, you know, you know all the places to go. Go to the Patreon, get your access to After Dark. We're going to be talking about Valentine's Day. Make sure you come tune in for the Twitch uh, streams on Thursday night. Uh, we might get another extra one in this week. We know we wanted to try to figure out a way to continue Mario with Sierra and AJ. So uh, keep it tuned there. You know, come follow on the Twitter, turn on tweet notifications. We don't tweet very often. So, um, yeah, if you're trying to keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing, um, the Discord or the Twitter, probably the easiest ways to do it. Um, all right, so we're going to get rolling in After Dark. Uh, So thank you guys again for joining us here on another episode of the podcast, and we'll catch you next week.